Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one merry page of Talmud a day. And what a page we have today, Aruvin 64. I am jumping right into it. Rav Yehuda said that Shmuel said, if one drank a quarter log of wine, he may not issue a halachic ruling, as the wine is liable to confuse his thinking. With regard to this second statement, Rav Nachman said, This halacha is not excellent. As concerning myself, as long as I have not drunk a quarter log of wine, my mind is not clear. It is only after drinking wine that I could issue appropriate rulings. And so, because the matter of discussion today is to do with Talmud, with halacha, and with drinking, uh, it is my pleasure to welcome a guest who had taught me more than most about these three topics. We met when I read his incredible book, The Ruined House, and for the first time ever in my life, felt compelled to write another author a fan note. He is the great Ruby Namda. Hello. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm doing well. I am so grateful to you for joining us. Ruby, as someone who has a deep understanding both of halacha and of Torah and of Talmud and, not less important, of drinking, the connection between them is pretty tight. Rav Nachman isn't just being silly, right, when he says, you know, sometimes a great rabbi requires a, a l'chaim or, or four before the spirit, as we say in, in Yiddish, before the chakras are open. Tell me about what, what is it that, that Judaism really does think about drunkenness? It appears quite frequently in, in Torah and in, particularly in Talmud. First of all, let's talk for a minute about the question, is the Talmud joking? And one of the most wonderful things about the Talmud, that is the Talmud is a book full of humor and very acerbic, very kind of biting humor too. And one of the reasons this might be, in my opinion, my, this is my uh, take on it, that most of the Talmudic pages, as we see, were probably recordings of um, a kind of protocols of meetings of, of esteemed rabbis who sat and spewed everything they knew about a certain topic. That's why the, the Talmudic page is so free associative and meandering. It's because the dynamic is a dynamic of a conversation rather than the dynamic of an awkward text like the Mishnah is, which is an awkward text going from 1 to 10 in a very kind of visible order. The Talmud is free associative, which goes well with, of course, wine. One of the reasons we get humor in the, in the Talmud, so much humor and often really inappropriate humor, delightfully inappropriate humor, it's probably that when the, the meeting surpassed the like coffee, coffee, coffee stage and moved to like the cocktail, cocktail, cocktail stage, the rabbis became, as you said, a little silly. And then they told jokes. Now, the people who recorded these meetings are not considered the equals of the rabbis. They're scribes. They don't dare to omit anything. We don't have the tone of voice in which things are said. So we can find ourselves in the middle of a most sober, so to speak, discussion, suddenly hearing a really racy joke. But we don't have the soundtrack, because otherwise, if there was like the laughter machine, like in the old sitcom, you would know that, ah! Oh. Right. So we don't know if, if Raguna means it as a joke or not. But the fact that he's allowing himself to joke 
and saying, not allowed to drink, I'm not allowed to issue a verdict if I don't have a drink. The fact that he's allowing himself to say that teaches us a lot about rabbinic culture. And I don't think any place in Judaism, there's a, people think that getting, excuse my deep rabbinic language here, getting shit faced is recommendable. I don't think that. But there's a lot of talk about drinking and how good it can do for you. It is absolutely not a, uh, a problem. On the contrary, the assumption is everybody drinks and some know how to drink. On a personal note, I know this is also something that that you, if I dare say, like me, uh, feels very innately, right? This this note that sometimes really you can't do the sort of work that we aspire to do, you know, the sort of work that really reaches deep into the soul and, and, and tries to say something that is profound and, and meaningful about the human condition. You can't always do that un- unless you're uh, slightly departed yeah. from the state of being uh, of the ordinary life, right? T- tell me a little bit about this in your own work. I'll tell you what it is. Uh, you know, there's, there's actually a lot of conversation because like most great authors were alcoholics <laughs> and you know, we just aspire here to be one of the you know, members of that very esteemed tribe. But the question is, why? And is it an excuse? I'm a great author, therefore I may I may start becoming drinking whenever I want. So there's the whole rule of like, do not drink when you write, but write when you drink. Right. So it means that if you are seeking to do an honest day's writing job, you better pour yourself a cup of coffee. But if you are drinking and the spirit moves you, by all means, sit and write. So I don't think drinking on the job, I don't drink on the job when I write. I do not. But I am, as you know very well, very fond of, uh, of a good drink, and very fond of people who are fond of good drinks. And I think it's not accidental. I think you are right. I think there's something about the letting go. Alcohol opens up inhibition, not just behavioral inhibition. Alcohol opens up in relations of the of the mind and soul. It makes you feel sometimes stupidly so infinite at some point. That's why people love to drink so much. And in order to think larger than life and to feel and see things that are larger than reality, sometimes this says is kind of a horizon. And I think the rabbis are on board with this idea. And, and they do recognize the power of wine as a spiritual mechanism. And of course, you know that Hasidicism, Hasidic culture, has brought holy drinking to a form of high art, right? I mean, we all know that serious drinking is a serious part of Hasidic spiritual life, so to speak. Absolutely. Uh, Rabenu, Ruby Namdar. May we continue to have conversations uh, like these. May we continue to have opportunities to, to study Talmud together and to drink together. Thank you so much for being my guest today. Amen to that, and thank you. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoy this show, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. I'm your host, Leah Liebowitz. 
Our producer is Josh Cross, and our editor is Paul Ruest. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you.